Hey guys, and welcome back to Free Speech. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about one of the more important topics, and that is Earth. an important thing to say before this is that we are not scientists that are spending a substantial amount of our time looking at the empirical data and the research. We are more so just humans on earth that walk around and see things and so we hope that this video will serve as a chance for people to take a fresh look at things and um, also sort of think about the things that we could do to create the planet that we want a hundred years from now rather than the direction it seems to be heading. The investments that we're making today are going to reap dividends for our children and our grandchildren. I just think it seems unfair to me that um, we can't look back at the past generations and think that they actually thought things through in a way that a responsible person would. And It's obviously the most complex issue in the history of humanity, how we're going to be able to um, maintain the planet. Uh, but that being said, you know, the planet is mostly water, right? and 90 percent, 80-90% of the oceans are unexplored. So I think when it comes to climate change and science in general, people have a way of acting like the current rules or the current um, laws that we have created are fact, but you have to remember that there was a time when people did bloodletting and that was considered scientific. Uh, so there's, there's sort of a threshold where um, we do have things where we can point at them and we see that they're happening, but I also think it's important to take a step back um, and look at what the actual importance of the issue is. Like, why do we care about um, Earth having clean air and clean water 100 years from now? For our kids and for our grandchildren, for the human species to go on, we need air and we need water. And so, for me, I'm kind of thinking about national parks. Uh -huh. Like, yeah, they're, they're decisions that were made 100 years ago who decided to go with the gas-powered car over the electric car? Like, there, someone made those decisions or someone won and the electric car lost so that we're now using that. But at the same time, I'm really happy that I got to sit on top of a sand dune last weekend and stare at this untouched mountain that was a white cap right across from me and to think, wow, there are no suburbs here, there are no houses here, nobody's disturbing this. My country, one of my presidents decided to make this land untouched to preserve this beauty forever. And that I am grateful for. That's an investment that we as a society decided to make. Have there been mountains in the past that have been taken down to create buildings? It's a good question. Mountains are definitely hard to build on, but we've right. seen no, in Colorado that like, they are possible. You can mine them, you can strip them, you can throw telephone poles on them, you can throw hotels and ski resorts on the top. There's a lot of things that we could do. Humans are really good at getting creative and figuring out ways to use resources. Mm -hmm. Mountains are a difficult resource to to conquer. But were there mountains that were once, the, like you see images of mountaintop mining in West Virginia, have you seen this? Explain. So a uh, way to get coal is that it sort of sits at the surface where you can use um, TNT and blow up the land and extract coal. I'm obviously not entirely familiar with the operations and how the specifics work, but the end game is that after all of this, when you ride in a helicopter above the hills of West Virginia and the areas where they're doing this, it's so saddening. It just looks like someone was playing 
zoo tycoon and completely eradicated any environment that was once there. Because the coal's on top and then it gets harvested away. It's kind of like leaving. sifted out using TNT and the adverse effect of that is the every single river is sludge and all of the tops of the mountains are like caved in. Um, and so... Granted, it's not that big of a deal. Like, in the grand scheme of Earth, like, Earth can recover, and we know that. But if we don't necessarily have a need to do those things, then I think as a society it would be awesome if we are capable of preserving all that's here. For, so that 100 years from now, our great-grandchildren will be able to see the exact same things that we are capable of seeing. It's not a morphed reality created by humanity. It's the natural world that we were born into. I mean, you're making me think, what is here? You say, let's preserve what is here for future generations. Mm -hmm. what, is, what does that include? Because yeah. there is land that people will continue to expand to. And I, I think to, to think that our planet is going to remain in the exact same state is kind of naive because human population is going to continue to grow and mm -hmm. someone's going to decide to make a business somewhere. And Jimbo's going to graduate from high school and then decide that he wants to build a house out in rural Kansas. So that's going to change... A spot of Kansas and individuals putting their will out are gonna change the planet but what are the changes that we care about and what are the changes that we don't care about who's the one that draws the line you know I'm sure when the strip miners were out there he's like well we're not touching those beautiful national parks we're just clearing out coal in an area that's unused who would have cared about that he obviously didn't but yeah we do and well at the same time people need to eat food and that's an undeniable fact of the way that the world works. So how do we structure our societies where people can be fed, but on top of that, they can live in a place that doesn't harm their health? Because the air that we are breathing is not what it could be. We know that. The water that we are drinking is not what it could be. We also know that. Um, you look at countries around the world where the rivers are dead from pollution, and it makes you wonder these issues have just started happening because in the last 200 years we've seen humanity take off in terms of population like billions and billions of people when the first billion took us until 200 years ago right right so these issues are new we've never faced them before because there's never been a species that we are aware of has, that has been able to dominate earth in the way that humans are right now and that's why we're in the age of the anthropocene humans are the ones who are deciding the fate of earth and we have that responsibility whether or not we realize it the Anthropocene means that the humans are controlling the fate of Earth. We need but to take that responsibility why, and decide what we want to do with it. Why is it the age of us and not ants? Like, there's more ants. Why? Because are we the defining species of Earth, would you say, at this point? Yeah, 100%, without a doubt. Nobody else, no other animal is, no, no other thing on this planet is shaping the planet in its physical form in as massive a way as, as humans are. It's There's the, no dolphin the, out we're there. We're the most noticeable species to right. an alien. Like. A monkey will go out and he will break a branch or he will harvest a tree. A bird might poop out some seeds somewhere to plant a tree. A human can take a week and then destroy an entire forest. 